Hey everybody, today's Locked On Bama. We're going to talk a lot of stuff. Who's next to commit to Alabama now that Eli Holstein is in the fold? We're also going to discuss the uh, new SEC scheduling models that'll be coming out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of ways to go here. Which way did Jimmy and I like? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today while you're fiddling with your phone? That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm air traffic controlling there. I'm adjusting the volume. I didn't realize. Well, I'm in a, a office building today, and I didn't realize until our awesome music started that I was basically letting loose with a uh, hangout festival. It was, it was quite noisy. So, uh, sorry Jimmy. about that, good people that work in this office. All good, bro. Uh, Jimmy, um, so Eli Holstein in the fold, big pickup. We've all talked about this. Uh, there was a great interview on Bama Online uh, talking to Eli Holstein's high school coach, talking about the approach that Pete Golding took with recruiting him, saying, hey, look, you really need to investigate Alabama as an institution. Don't worry about the, um, the, the assistance as much because, I mean, this is potentially a place you're going to be three or four years and you want to love it. And apparently he did fall in love with it. So that's great. Uh, happy to hear. Uh, everybody is celebrating the Eli Holstein commitment. But I think just like uh, Jerry Seinfeld said, men don't care what's on TV. We only care what else is on TV. We don't care who's committed. We care who is about to be committed. So, Jimmy, who's the next guy that's going to commit? Well, personally, still uh, high on the uh, Holstein commitment. I mean, big deal. Great player. What a great job Pete Golding did signing him because not only did you have to overcome a kid already committed to Texas A&M, and we, we know what, what's going, no telling what NIL deal he, he was potentially walking away from there. Not that he's not going to do well at Alabama, as all the Alabama quarterbacks have done. Um, but I, I think there was an additional obstacle of Arch Manning in the sense that it's extremely well known that Alabama loves Arch, that Arch loves Alabama. Uh, the fact that Pete was able to convince another quarterback in Arch's own state to commit to Alabama while Alabama was recruiting Arch Manning and still is recruiting Arch Manning, apparently, as Arch uh, is, is saying that he's going to keep his uh, official visit date to Alabama. Uh, the fact that Pete was able to juggle that and, and, and land Holstein, uh, he really has turned into one of the premier recruiters, not just at Alabama, but in the country. And, uh, and we've seen such a growth from him um, as a recruiter since he came from uh, Texas San Antonio. And, and of course, he's probably about to put his best defense on the field since he's been the defensive coordinator. So uh, kudos to uh, Pete Golding. Um, as to who's next, that gets sort of complicated. It's tough to predict in this age. But I will say this. I have two official predictions in at on three in our recruiting prediction machine. I have only made two for Alabama as of right now of kids that have not committed. One is Richard Young, which uh, I'm still very confident in, and that could happen soon. It could happen. As a matter of fact, I think this June uh, it's quite possible that Richard Young could commit. That would be a massive pickup. Uh, I've also got a recruiting prediction machine uh, pick in that uh, Kelby Collins will be picking Alabama. 
I think that could happen any day or December. He's never given uh, the reporters a specific timeline about when he plans to commit, but I, I feel strongly enough that, that Kelby's going to go to Alabama that I put that prediction in. Uh, I think Richard Young is more likely to commit before Kelby, and if I had to guess right now, I would guess Richard Young, but if I, if I was given <laughs> Richard Young or the field, uh, trust me, I'll take the field, but uh, picking one specific guy, I'll go with Richard Young, a running back from Lehigh Acres in uh, Florida. Yeah, I think Malik Bryant is also a candidate. I mean, am I way off here? Good just pick. No, like great this. pick. Great pick. Probably better than mine. Good. No, that's – and he, he he's even got – now that I think about it, I think Malik Bryant already has a commitment date in mind. Uh, it's sometime in June. Okay. Boy, you really are uh, – I gave up there. You didn't much change your mind there. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of me thinking about it, I immediately went – see, I haven't, I haven't RPM'd Malik Bryant to Alabama. I might. You know, you might have sparked – you may have sparked my interest in doing that. The thing about Malik is – he, he clearly loves Alabama, and he's leaning to Alabama, and I think our, our RPM uh, percentage uh, favors Alabama, uh, the algorithm, but he's got a couple of teammates that are going to Florida, so that, that worries me, you know, in terms of like, is he really going to not go play with his high school teammates that are going to Florida? So uh, that makes sense. I'm not super confident in that, but RPM says Alabama, the kid clearly likes us a ton. Jimmy, uh, when we come back from this break, I want to talk. Uh, first of all, I want to address a question that one of our listeners sent us. And then I want to talk about uh, we'll sneak in some softball baseball talk before we talk about the new SEC potential schedules on the third segment. But right now, I want to tell you about Built Bars. I love brownies. You love brownies. But you know what we love more than brownies is brownie batter. That's awesome. And what if you were going to say something about edibles? Thought you were going with an edibles joke. That would be great if Bill Bar came out with edible brownies, uh, edible brownies. You know what I'm talking about. They're, of course, they're edible. They're awesome. But you know what I mean when I say edibles. But anywho, sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. If I ever make brownies, imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you tried the Built puffs yet? If you're not, I don't know what the heck you're waiting on. Puffs are chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. That's awesome. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Go to built.com. Get the brownie butter, brownie batter puffs now. Brownie butter would be awesome too, but brownie batter puffs, those are awesome. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order right now. All right, um, a listener, and I'm going to read this off, named Cameron Bishop. Uh, he said, afternoon, Luke, you and Jimmy keep up the good work. One topic I would like you all to dive into, what new assistant do you and Jimmy think will have the biggest uh, impact on the field contribution? Uh, what new assistant will have the biggest recruiting contribution? Uh, you got any? Yep. You got any? Uh, okay, so, so best, best new assistant on the field uh, you know, in terms of coaching his position. Um, good question. Uh, no, I, I have a, a pretty strong opinion, actually. Um, I think it's going to be Eric Wolford, the offensive line coach. Uh, I think this was a great hire. Uh, I think uh, 
he has a lot of experience coaching college football, whereas our last guy was sort of an NFL guy. Might have been some disconnect in the communication there at times. But I like uh, Wolford and his experience coaching college football and coaching in the SEC. And I could not have been more impressed with what he did at Kentucky in his time there uh, in particular. Uh, I, I think Wolford was a great on-the-field hire, and he will be the best of the new assistants on the field. Recruiting, I'm going to go in a different direction uh, and considered uh, Coleman Hutzler, who I think is, is is a really good young coach. He reminds me in some ways of Pete. Uh, maybe it's the beard. Maybe it's that he coaches linebackers. But, but, but really, it has more to do with the fact that we hired Coleman so young and he's got such a big reputation for a young guy. I can see him having a Pete Golding type career at Alabama. But uh, but my answer to the best recruiter among the new guys is, is uh, Traveris Robinson, T-Rob. Uh, we know him from his time at Auburn. Uh, he, he has extensive experience recruiting in the SEC, and I, I've paid a lot of attention to the kids he's recruiting, their comments about T-Rob. Uh, I, I think he's clearly showing up one of our best recruiters, and he's going to make a tremendous, uh, a tremendous impact uh, on, on, on the recruiting trail. So uh, Wolford on the field and T-Rob in the living rooms is my answer to that question. That's a really good question, too. It is a good question. Thank you, Cameron Bishop. And I think uh, Jimmy, who just blacked out on us, there, there you go. I don't hey, know what bye. you just did. God, my phone keeps – my phone is not cooperating – won't stay in its little uh, yeah, couch. Yeah, it's a phone <laughs> problem. <laughs> User error. Um, exactly. Jimmy, really quickly, um, softball seems to be having a mass exodus right now. There's six players in the transfer portal. Uh, what the heck's going mm -hmm. on? Well, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to find out specifics best I can. Although I think this is to some extent the new normal. Uh, you know, the portal is new. Transferring in softball is not. You, you've been able to transfer and play the next season for a while. The ease of it, I think, is changing. And, and also the stigma of it because of the portal is gone. So I think we're going to see this more often. So that's one thing is new normal. Second thing, of the girls that have transferred, I would put them in three groups. There's like seven of six of them. Uh, but they're in three different groups, one perfectly understandable, one sort of understandable, and then the what the hell group, okay? Uh, two girls transferred that just weren't playing. Uh, Abby Dore and Savannah Woodward just didn't play a lot of innings, uh, and, and there were starters coming back at their positions. They weren't going to play more innings next year. They're, they're, they're who the, quote, portal was created for. They're, they're older kids that are good enough to play somewhere and start somewhere, just not where they're at them leaving is perfectly understandable. Tier two, there's just one girl in it, and it's semi-understandable, and that's Lexi Kilfoyle, a superstar on the team, a great player, playing a prominent role. Uh, she was hurt down the stretch and couldn't play, and she's leaving, and that's a huge blow to Alabama because Lexi's so talented. But it is understandable in the sense that she's number two at Alabama behind Montana Fouts. She would be a one almost anywhere else. She wants to go somewhere and pitch in the big games and be the ace. That's understandable. That's not a reflection on Patrick Murphy or the softball program. If Lexi's like, hey, you know what? I've served my seasons in Montana's shadow. I want to go be a superstar and have a big NIL deal like Montana's got. Maybe I can do that somewhere else where I'd be the number one. 
it's it's at least semi-understandable, I mean, <laughs> that she would want to be the star and not be the number two. Now, the third group is a little more concerning, and that's three freshmen who were playing significant innings. Uh, Megan Bloodworth, Dallas Goodnight, and Jenna Lord. Uh, all three were basically starters. They were all playing significant innings. They've all left. This is a sign of something. Uh, to those who want to be negative, to those who want to lash out at Murph, okay, there's your ammunition. There, Go ahead. Now, do we know what the facts are? No. Uh, everyone else is staying. Superstars on the team are staying. Montana's staying. Allie Shipman, Ashley Prangy, Jenna Johnson, uh, they're all staying. Most of the stars are staying. But it is alarming that those three freshmen have left. The other three, new normal. That there's, there's nothing to even really raise an eyebrow. But the three freshmen, that is... It would be hard to imagine on the football team if three freshman starters left the football team. We would be like, what the hell? And it's fair to be asking what's wrong, but it's not fair to assume that the coaching staff at Alabama did anything wrong. Uh, that's, that's, that's a strange assumption that people want to make. On the same token, it's also strange to defend them blindly, and I'm not doing that either. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think in the day of transfer portal, that, that that door swings both ways. So, yeah, losing three freshmen is concerning, but maybe you get three juniors in that are better from somewhere else. I, I don't know. Um, team chemistry is sort of out the window from henceforth because uh, everybody's going to be moving around uh, like a, a bunch of electrons and protons from here on out. Uh, don't, don't, don't those things move around a lot? They they do move around quite a bit. They were they they were the original transfer portal. <laughs> original transfer of protons. Um, all right, Jimmy, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, I want to talk about SEC scheduling going forward. So SEC meetings coming up. Um, one thing that is going to be on the table: two scheduling possibilities. One where you have one permanent rival and seven alternating rivals one where you have three permanent rivals and six alternating rivals. I prefer the second, even though that means nine SEC games. I just see where this is going. Um, and I don't want to just have Auburn as our permanent rival. I just don't. I, 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 I just don't. Um, I, I don't mind them being part of a threesome. Uh, I've got to find a better way to say that. I got. I don't mind them. Auburn ain't being in my threesome, pal. <laughs> Auburn's not in my threesome, pal. Uh, I don't mind there being part of a trio of permanent rivals. I just don't want them to be the our only permanent rival. And make of that what you will, but um, one look that has been making the rounds is Alabama could have uh, Auburn, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. I think that is very fair. And then what you do is you have uh, – you alternate the other teams – uh, the other 12 teams, including Texas and Oklahoma. And that way you play everybody on the road and at home once every four years. And I think that couldn't be any better. I think that is exactly how this is meant to be. And I think that's very, very cool. Um, Auburn's permanent rivals I saw, I think, were Bama, Georgia, and Mississippi State. I would probably switch Mississippi State with Ole Miss or something. Um I don't think it should be Florida. I think that'd be too difficult. But I right. think it should be – I think Alabama and Georgia are no-brainers for Auburn. 
I think Auburn and Tennessee are no-brainers for Alabama. I think Tennessee, I mean, excuse me, Mississippi State is a no-brainer for Alabama because they're the closest to uh, logistically SEC schools in the conference. And um, I think that makes a ton of sense. Even though Mississippi State, Alabama's dominated that that rivalry, I still think, you know, Tennessee's about to get better, and we know they will get better, and we know Auburn's pretty good. So Alabama's already got a pretty difficult slate. So throw Mississippi State in there. And then if I'm if you're Auburn, I think it'd be cooler to have Bama, Georgia, and maybe an Ole Miss, uh, maybe South Carolina even. I think that would actually be kind of cool. Um, but the one that was interesting was Oklahoma's perm- – one of their permanent rivals could be Florida. That would be yeah. very interesting to me. I'm with you 100%. Uh, if these are what we've narrowed it down to, I strongly prefer the three, six – uh, even though it's nine SEC games, as we know, Coach Saban for years has been supportive of the SEC moving to nine games. And uh, I, I, it makes perfect sense to me in this modern day and age. And uh, three permanent opponents. Uh, I hope it's not Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU for Alabama, just because I would argue that is that fair based on who everyone else is. And and, and, and I think it's fine that Alabama's three opponents are tougher than Vanderbilt's or Kentucky's, okay, that's fine. But but don't punish Alabama's success by saying, well, they can handle the heaviest load. Uh, and we're doing this as a way to try to create some level of parity. That's not really fair. Everyone should be treated the same. And everyone should play their traditional rivals first and foremost. And for Alabama, that's clearly Auburn and Tennessee. If the third one's arguable, I'm for it being Mississippi State just because Auburn and Tennessee are such traditional powers uh, that it wouldn't be fair, I think, to have Alabama playing three traditional powers. Uh, everyone should play no more than two. Everyone, not just Alabama. Everyone should play no more than two of the most traditional powers in the league. So <clears throat> I'm for being Auburn, Tennessee, and Mississippi State every year opponents. I'm sure Mississippi State's not a big fan of that. But Mississippi State's every year opponents could be Alabama, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. So they should oh, really – or Vandy, and they shouldn't really complain about that, although I think Ole Miss has more of a history of playing Vanderbilt. Yeah. But still, nevertheless, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, that's a tough thing to do. Anybody taking shots at Sankey in the SEC office clearly has not sat down with a pen and paper to do it themselves. This is hard to do to figure out how, how to be fair to everybody, but I, I'm definitely a big fan of the 3-6 model, as they're calling it right now. The 3-6 Mafia. Is that a thing? Is that, is that a thing? I think that's a thing with the kids. I think that's a thing with the kids. I'm not even sure if it's with the kids anymore. It's probably with the young adults. <laughs> I think that's how old that is. Uh, anywho. How old Jimmy, we are is I call young adults the kids. Yeah. We're more like very old kids. Uh, but anywho. Uh, Let's get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> We're, that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more Locked on Bama. Until then, everybody, roll tight. Roll time.